And we're back. Another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you so much to our presenting sponsor, Gerber Gear Stay Sharp America. We got a great episode for you today. Some guys that have used Gerber Gear to build blinds, to cut meat off the bone, hatchets, axes, folding knives, straight blades, saws. They got it all. Check them out, gerbergear.com. Check them out all over social media. Thank you, Gerber, for supporting our lifestyle, the culture of the American hunter. Today's episode is really cool for me because we did a hunt back a couple months ago during the late season uh, California snow and spec season. Rocky Merlot, California waterfowl, put it on for us. It was unbelievable. We're going to talk about how it laid out, how it went, and some of the things that took place to get the results that we got. It was it was pretty amazing to me. And uh, my guests today are probably going to be able to attest to that. First, going clockwise to my left, Scott Mueller, California Waterfowl Association, pretty much runs fundraising. He's a marketing genius. He looks good today. Scott, thank you for being here. How are you, my brother? I'm great. Thanks for having me. What is your official title? Vice president in charge of fund and membership development. Funding and membership yep. development. Remy Warren is here. Now, yeah. Remy is kind of <laughs> like, uh, he's world famous. I mean, the guy's had TV shows. He has podcasts. He's an original athlete of Under Armour. He's worked with some of the biggest names in the industry, and he has become one of the biggest names in the industry, <clears throat> especially for what he does of what I would call like do-it-yourself filming not just going to public property or sometimes private but actually filming every step of the hunt and making it entertaining to watch remy how are you my man good really good is that kind of a a fair assessment of what you do i mean i know you do way more for a living but the filming is still what blows me away that you can pull that off yeah that's um that's kind of like the thing that i'm probably most known for bread and butter just doing something that's hard and making it harder. So that's like, that's what I like to do. I like, yeah. I you like say, what you do. You say world famous. And I think it's cause I kind of travel all over the place. I found out the other day, um, the online tells me I was actually born in the Netherlands. I didn't even know that. So really? that was kind of, yeah, that's what the internet told me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to know. <laughs> I was Good like, oh, know. interesting. Does Very that mean cool. I can get a passport? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, sweet. <laughs> and last but not least, I don't even know how to explain. Um, this is a big part of how this story went down. Two-time Olympic gold medalist, getting ready to compete in the Olympic Games 2022 for the third time as a freestyle skier. Many gold medals in the X Games put on by ESPN and Aspen, Colorado, and other locations. Half pipe freestyle skiing. If you don't have a real good recollection of what that means, go YouTube this man's name. You've heard him here on the podcast before several times, a couple times over on one of our sister podcasts, This Life Ain't For Everybody, David Wise. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me, man. How are you? Yeah, great. You just got done doing some tricked out tricks into the swimming pool. Do you feel pretty good? Yeah, I felt like that was a really good way to freshen up for the podcast. <laughs> it kind of scared me to <laughs> I got a little bit of chlorine water in my lungs, though, so, yeah, you know. So it got me fresh, too. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I want to start with kind of the rundown of how this took place and how much it means to have what I call opportunity, right? Sure. Um, California has abundant opportunity for the waterfowl hunter, not to mention so many other different facets from mule deer to blacktail deer to sheep to Roosevelt elk to antelope to predator hunting to turkey hunting. I mean, we can keep going with the fishing and there's sturgeon and there's stripers and there's bass and there's trout. I mean, California is an amazing paradise for sportsmen. And as far as like California waterfowl and what it meant to me, I want you to understand that he was David Wise is in Utah 
we get a scouting report that there's some geese going pretty much their last stop way, way up out of, you know, north of Corning pretty much. And it's, there's no rice around. They've already trans, trans, transitioned into grass. So I tell David Wise, hey, there's a chance this hunt's going to take place. They're loading up and they're pretty good. He's training in a half pipe in Utah. Remy's on call. He's on hold of like, I'm ready to go when you say it. So Rocky says, come on. I call him. He literally leaves the half pipe, gets to the airport in SLC, flies into SAC, rents a car, calls us. And me and Remy are driving, trying to follow Rock. And you know how hard that is to do. Yeah. <laughs> so we have no idea where we're at or where we're going, if we're going to be in a ditch in the next 30 seconds. And then all of a sudden, Remy's like, okay, we're going to go here. He drops him a pin. And then Rock's like, no, we got to go here. So Remy drops Wise another pin. He shows up. And that's where the whole story where it brought us together. Now we're in the binoculars scouting thousands of snows and specks. And the whole the whole story took place just like that. Like, oh, really? They're there? He gets out of the half pipe, gets in an airplane, gets in a rental car, and now he's in the binoculars. That's a lot of ins. But that's isn't that amazing that that opportunity can happen that fast? And that's what I think of with California waterfowl is that you get a lot of new hunters or a lot of guys that have never seen what we saw that day introduced to it because of the access and because of the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just start on one of the things you touched on earlier. A lot of people, especially you know, listeners across the United States, you know, my family's from the Midwest. And when you talk about being from California, they think that you live on a beach that, you know, and, and that every day you see a celebrity, a, a movie star. And, you know, California is nothing further. That's further from the truth. I mean, people don't understand the kind of hunting that we do have in California. Waterfowl alone, you know, we're, we, we have sometimes we're the most hunters in the field days of any state in the whole United States is in California. We're always top three in the bird, bird kill. And so to have this opportunity, I grew up in California, obviously been a hunter since I was uh, about 12 years old. And just to have that and actually have just understand that a lot of people don't understand what we have in California. We're, you know, we're, we're thankful. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I'm not necessarily a cold weather person. I like the cold weather, but you don't have to necessarily deal with the negative twenties and, and all that being in California. So, you know, being that, that we have such a, such a diverse state throughout the, you know, from all the way from the Mexico border, all the way up to the Oregon border, you know, all the different zones that you can hunt. You guys touched on a lot of them during last year's season. You got to, you guys both got to see the Northern California, the Northern Valley, but it's pretty amazing to have a state like that, you know, have a, have a population of hunters. You know, people don't think of Californian hunting, you know, the politics alone will turn most people off. And, and we have a great, you know, we have a great, uh, uh, a lot of hunters in California, a lot of, a lot of diehard waterfowlers in California. Um, I won't, I won't lie and tell you it's tough. You know, California's a tough place to navigate, you know, as far as the licensing, the rules and regulations, but yeah, it's just, it's just really awesome that we're able to really bring in as an organization, new hunters, whether it's kids, adults, whatever age group it is that, you know, I'm, I'm able day in and day out, you know, my job is, is great. I get to help raise the funds and, and bring awareness to the organization so that we can bring people into the organization to show them what we have um, and, and show them the lifestyle. I know that you guys are both, you know, part of uh, all, all you guys that, that getting people out there to, to really, whether it's from cooking to just being in the field, whether it's, it's not, it's not about the shot, right? It's about all the other things that people don't understand that. And to be able to work for an organization that, that has programs that introduce people to that, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Remy, talk on that about what Scott's saying with your, you've traveled the world. Um, there's some countries that don't even allow hunting. We're very fortunate here. You've talked in, in terms of this is a privilege. You're the one that taught me this. This is a privilege. We're not entitled to it. 
So listening to what Scott just said, just talk to me a second about California Waterfowl. Talk to me about Safari Club International, Mule Deer Foundation, RMEF, NWTF, NBU in your home state of Nevada. Yeah. Think about what's talk about what's going on behind the closed doors, behind the scenes when we're not even aware of it as hunters. You know, there's so many things being fought for our rights on a daily basis that you know about. Tell me a little bit about how you feel about these efforts that are going on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty awesome that, you know, an organization has some form of recruitment because that's what it's like without the people, the whole aspect of our model of conservation, the the reason that like the, the person or the people that fight for us, the people that see this continue is going to be when I'm old and gone, it's going to be that next generation. And if nobody's reaching out to them, if no one's bringing them in and saying, look, here's a place to go, here's how you do this, here's how you get into it, then it's going to die off. And that's, um, it's really cool to see organizations, especially California Waterfowl, like stepping up and, and saying, okay, here's ways to get into it. Here's what we're doing to reach out. Here's how we're trying to gain new members so we can do more for our area. I think what, like you said, it's crazy how Cal, like I think California, when you talk about hunters and other things, it's like most the out of state hunters that are going other places are from California, but I don't think people realize it's not like a lot of people going to California to hunt and they don't realize the hunting opportunity that's there. I mean, even just like, you know, my world's big game, but there's, you can get two over the counter deer tags that are good for rifle archery. Like there's more hunting opportunity there. You know, I grew up 15 minutes away and didn't even realize that opportunity until I got a little bit older out of high school and, and into college. And I'm like, man, the waterfowl hunting over there is incredible. There's a lot of public land. Yeah, there's a lot of private land, but there's a lot of public land um, for big game, small game, waterfowl. Like, and there's a lot of organizations that really value that resource and really help promote it. And that's pretty awesome to see. Wise, when you think about what Remy's talking about and recruiting new people, you're not brand new to waterfowl hunting, but you are getting more and more into it every day in your lifestyle. And let's talk about your audience. Let's talk about your sponsors. Let's talk about the networks that run your events. You are on ESPN, you're on NBC, you're on the big networks. You run with the big boys. Has it been difficult for you to establish your pride and passion for this lifestyle? Have you had to battle any of that where it comes up of like, hey man, be careful what you post. I mean, you're like with this car company and you're with this energy drink. Do you, did you face that? Or has it always been, you know what, this is me. I'm proud of what I am. And I'm going to take my voice and platform and what Remy just said and tell people, hey, this is a great lifestyle to live off the land. And California is a great place to be a part of it and do it there as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we've already touched on the fact that if we don't if we don't make this hunting thing less foreign to the general public, and I'm not even just talking on hunter recruitment, but we just need to make it. I mean, when we have a wild game feed and we feed a bunch of non-hunters and they experience it from the food side, their mind is open to it like it's never been open before. And that's our, that's each of our jobs collectively as hunters is to not only get more hunters out there in the field and get young kids out there enjoying the great outdoors because there's there's never been less kids enjoying the great outdoors than there are right now in our society so not only do we need to do more of that but we also need to just get more people okay with it and if you if you introduce it introduce them to it from the food side of things it's an amazing opportunity for them to be like oh okay well 
you know, maybe I'm not going to hunt this, but I can, I can understand and respect why you do this. Cause this is some of the best food I've ever had. And the way that I feel after I eat it is much better than the, most of the garbage that I'm eating. So I kind of had to make a personal choice somewhere along the way, realizing I am a hunter to my bones. Like I started hunting. I went out and tagged along with my sisters when they were deer hunting their first tags. They're four years older than me. So I was eight years old walking around in the sagebrush in Nevada. And I got to see my sister shoot her first buck and I got to, we got to cook it up and eat it. And like, I was, I was probably going to be a hunter anyways, but I was hooked from a super young age. So I've always been a hunter. It's part of who I am. It's part of what has empowered me to be the athlete that I am. Um, and the person that I am. So I realized that my core identity was so tied to hunting that I couldn't be, I couldn't be a professional skier publicly and a closet hunter because that's what, that's what many of my sponsors encouraged me to do. And agents and PR people, all those people are like, oh, well, that's great that you love to do that. And I'll eat wild game with you all day long. But publicly, it's a little bit of a dangerous place to be. And I've certainly lost deals. I've lost a lot of money over the years because people are too sensitive about hunting. But I don't I don't see it as a loss to me because I get to be authentically who I am. I get to be a a bone deep hunter and, um, you know. I'm still very fortunate. I, I don't feel, I don't feel like it's a loss. So yeah, I definitely have, have had that encouragement and, um, but I feel like that's my place in this, in this whole scheme too. I'm the guy who's had an overwhelmingly successful competitive career has gone beyond my wildest dreams. And so people have to respect, you know, they can, they can respect me or not as a person, but they have to respect what I've done on a pair of skis. And, now I can present this lifestyle to them and say, Hey, this isn't, this isn't as foreign as you thought it was. We've been doing, humans been doing this from the dawn of time and it's natural. It's part of our existence. It's what we should be doing, especially because we have the opportunity. We like, we as Americans have to, like Remy said, we have to cherish the right to hunt. We have to treat it like a a prized gem because that's what it is. Man, got me fired up. Well, I think what's also really cool, you know, in this this mess that we're getting out of, you know, this COVID this last year, we've seen record sales throughout the United States, even in California, where we're going up. We have been going down or staying the same for several years, and we're seeing an uptick in fishing and hunting licenses because, you know what, hey, that first part of the pandemic, you know, you didn't know necessarily, you see the craziness in the stores, people are buying everything, and you're like, and I, personally, I'm sitting at home going, well, my freezer's full. I've got I've got yeah, my absolutely. family taken care of, and and to to understand it's unfortunate that it took something like that for those people that kind of are on the fence and you know kind of had that and then that happens and now we participation in our programs last year you know one of the things that we're we're proud of is that we hunt about two thousand people a year on our properties and and last year was big for that people wanted to get out and do that go get their food you've seen it at the college camp you know we get these college kids that have never pulled the trigger have on you guys that. seen that program i mean it's no it, it's Amazing. just awesome that's it awesome. really is to and it, you know and i and i hope that it'll carry on to your point you know we need to recruit more people because there probably are a lot more people that want to take away what we 
have, then there are probably sticking up and fighting for it really yeah. hard. We have a lot of great f- people that are fighting for what we have, and we have to continue that. We can't give it up because, like you said, I mean, I don't know what, what will we do the rest of the you know nine months out of the year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, so food is a great place to start with people. I do it all the time with you know at home getting my neighbors and and you know people say, oh, I don't like duck. And it's like, well. Let's see how much you like I haven't this cooked duck. it for you yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I like so. the fact, too, and I want to talk about this, is, like, this is what David's usual weapon of choice is right here, right? Like, this is kind of cool that, Scott, you're talking about recruitment, and we have somebody that is has the ability to have that much passion, like what he just talked about, right? And that he's not going to be apologetic for it. So if you take what he does on these, and then you can multiply that or magnify that into what a voice like Remy's got. Now mm-hmm. you think about how special that is, that you have people that are becoming California Waterfowl Association members. They're supporting the lifestyle in a state that I would say that the tourism that comes into Sacramento Airport or LAX or San Diego, it's not they're not coming there with gun cases to hunt. Like they go to Arkansas or they used to go to the Eastern Shore or they go to Saskatchewan or they go to British Columbia or Russia. You know, it's Remy made that point. It's like, Why? With all this abundance, it's because we don't have enough of what he just said. And the problem with what you just said, in my opinion, I want Remy to talk on this first, is when you have that much new blood coming into it, Remy, there's a lot of hunter identification courses that are available online now. When we went, we had to go sit at Endow. You had to listen to the instructor. You had to look at the gun. You had to break the action. You had to see a video. Now it's pretty easy to get a hunter safety card. Now that's positive because it gets new blood into this pipeline. But in your opinion, Remy, how do we QC that? How do we quality control? Because you said it's going to be a hunter that gets this right revoked someday if we're not careful. With all the new blood coming in, we have to educate. And that's what CWA does is that just because you can go online and become a hunter doesn't mean that you can go in the field and be a hunter. The safety, the gun, the respect, the compassion for the animal, the respect for the resource, there's a lot of messages out there. So I hope that makes sense, Remy, that a lot of new people are coming in. But are they coming in with the right message of what it means to be a hunter instead of just clicking a button like it's so easy to do in life today and get what we want, Grubhub, Amazon. Now it's hunter safety. I'm a hunter. And that's great. But are there drawbacks to that, Remy? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely drawbacks. I think that that's kind of like you think about, I mean, even even like if you go back a thousand years, it's like hunters were mentored by other hunters. And that's one thing that is like, in this where you can get anything you want real fast. You, you can go online, you can take the course, you can look up YouTube videos, but it's not the same as going out in the field with someone. You're going to learn more about the culture of hunting, about the techniques and tactics of hunting, about the the safety and the other aspects of somebody that's been doing it their whole life or whatever. So it's, it's really good to have a program where you're putting new hunters and hunters that have been doing it their entire lives together to kind of learn from each other. And I think that in it, as like a hunter that's hunted the entire life and I get to interact with a lot of new hunters, you know, I learn things from, from new hunters as well. Like their mindset, their, their reasons they got into it, the things that like you might not think about cause you've been doing it your entire life. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like that's something that I didn't necessarily think about or didn't think that people wouldn't even understand this aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the, the standard things that we all take for granted that we do, uh, the safety and the other stuff that we just gun handling in general, you know, it's like, I've been, it's weird to say now, but like, I've been handling a gun since I was probably six years old, you know, or see what, I don't know. Yeah. You're yeah. like, well, and to think about it in like today's terms of like eight year olds handling a firearm, but it's like the safety aspect, all that's so ingrained that 
you know, it's, it's the first thing that I instilled the first thing I think about, but then you see people that are new to it and the way that they handle guns and the way that they, you know, go about the hunt and they, they just, there's just things they don't know because they don't know. And it's not something you can learn online. So mm-hmm. having something that puts hunters and new hunters together is awesome. And even like Chad said, I've, I've said it before, it's, you know, hunting is a privilege, not a right. And it will be probably in, and this really sucks, but it could be hunters that actually destroy that privilege for us. So it's really kind of our responsibility to teach other hunters the way to act in the field, the way to be safe, the way, you know, the things you do and the things you don't do, uh, if we want to see the sport continue. And it's like, um, Dave was saying, you know, it doesn't, I mean, it's great. It's always really good. You need those new hunters coming in, but you also just need that acceptance of the people that, that aren't hunting. That's a win Mm -hmm. because those are the decision makers. Those are the people that decide whether, you know, whether a new regulation, when a regulation comes out about maybe California closing down a bear season, and it's just an emotional response because they don't want to see bears shot. And yet here's a state that has some of the largest black bears in America, some extremely high bear populations. And honestly, in my opinion, should be a place that if you're a bear hunter, California is as good as any state. I mean, I would say, as good or better than Alaska in many ways, like big bears, lots of opportunity. And yet, you know, that should be something that all hunters kind of help protect, but also hunters that do that know the right way to go about it. Know the way that's like what triggers people to get those seasons shut down and kind of like really protect to those resources as, as like a group. Hmm. Yeah. Most people, they, they, they've done studies and they show that most people aren't necessarily anti-hunters they're 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 anti against hunting they're they don't know it but they but they're not they're, just like anything else extremes on each side sometimes rule rule over and and um especially in california here stat like that that says you know most people are not against you know when hunters go out and they and they and they harvest an animal and then they eat it they understand okay i'm taking it home i'm eating it people get that to some extent you know and and, and it, like you said too it, it is on the people like us that are the hunters that have been there, you know, we have to we have to reach out to these new people because just like I don't know about you, but there's probably isn't a season that goes by that I don't learn something, right? Yeah. And and you learn those things from being out in the field, and being out in the field is the hardest thing for a new person to figure out is the access. You know, finding because it like you said, you hunt a lot of public ground. You've put a lot of hours into learning the public ground, going out scouting. And it, it, it takes commitment. It takes a lot of study, you know, to, to get out there and do it. So when you have a, an opportunity like David and Remy and I had that day, can that happen on public ground in California? Because it's pretty amazing how it happened, right? And the, 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 the landowner and the farmer who, you know, takes care of the land and nurtures that land every day, right? He's out there with us. Red carpet rolled out, opening gates for us and closing gates for us, right? The opportunity was amazing. But now you're talking about new hunters, and is there enough opportunity to where when they see something like that on TV, the message is this is available through CWA. You guys have pieces of land that you've purchased through fundraising efforts to offer these opportunities to hunters that might not necessarily know the refuge system, understand the refuge system. But if they get a little bit of success in their pocket, right? They're like, now I'm going to learn the refuge system. Now I'm going to go get another set of decoys. I might even go get one of these new e-powered bikes so I can run the run the dike system and find the ducks. Like there's all kinds of opportunity out there. So I want to make sure that when people see what we got to see, I don't like it to be to where you can't do this, but we can kind of attitude. That's, you know, that's a really humbling experience. And I don't know if that's even the right word. I don't know if that experience humbles you 
because humility is a different word to me, but it makes you go, dang it, man, why do I get these opportunities? And I hope that other hunters alike can get that opportunity. You can book a hunt with an outfitter, but can a dad or a mom get his kids into a place to experience that in California, Scott? Yeah, I mean, California has a lot of public lands. I mean, obviously, you mentioned our properties. I mean, that I believe me, I've only been on a few hunts like you guys have been on in, in less than one hand, you know. So that those types of hunts are special, usually done in California, I would say, through an outfitter or, you know, uh, some of the books hunts. There are people that I know that knock on doors, you know, knocking on doors, talking to landowners. Um, there are, you're going to get a lot of no's, but just like anybody that knows sales, you know, you got to get nine no's before you get a yes. So there is opportunity out there. It's just like anything else. You have to learn it. You have to understand it. Um, you know, the public the public lands, uh, the refuge system we have in California is, is pretty, you know, there's a lot of people that go there and hunt it. Once again, you learn it. Um, I know people that, you know, it's, it's, it's mostly all flooded ground. So it's not the dry fields that you guys got to experience, but you know, I know people that, you know, late in the year last year, like little dry Creek was, was, you know, they're shooting 10 specs coming out, you know, the specs got in there in the, in the, in the butte sink and, and they were all over the place. So, I mean, yeah, the hunting's there. Um, it, it, you know, you, you, you're not going to just, you know, fly in from Utah and go out and probably get there. You gotta do, you know, you gotta, you gotta do your homework, get out there and figure it out. But, you know, I think, I think having the ability for us as an organization to take, like you said, I mean, our goal, our goal is to get new people into hunting and sustain them in hunting, not just take them on a hunt. We don't want to just take somebody and think that that's one and done because we know that that doesn't get them to where we want to get them. You know, you got to show them how to do it. You know, um, you, you, we provide, you know, greenhead gear decoys in every blind that we go out to. They they have the decoys in the blind. It's it's a set area. They don't have to fight with somebody on a public area. So we're, we're, we're proud that we're able to offer these great opportunities up and down the state. I mean, we have property down in the Bakersfield area. A lot of people think, Bakersfield, you know, Southern San Joaquin Valley, you know, we have two properties down there that, that this year with the California water situation might be our cream, cream crop. We actually have water that we're going to get down there. So, you know, as well as properties all up and down the Susun Marsh, the Delta, Butte Sink. Um, and so offering those opportunities to people, giving them that quality experience, um, it gives them a the taste. It gives them the flavor. We know that that's not going to be all. They need some help. And I think, and I, you know, I think, you know, just to be just to be fair, you know, if we're looking at California Waterfowl, any organization to to do everything that needs to be done with hunting to create every hunter that's out there, I mean, it, that that's not going to happen. I mean, we need everybody that's a hunter needs to realize they need to find somebody to mentor them. I've I've mentored both of my boys. You know, I have two boys. They both hunt. You know, we got. Thing I shared with you, we both got our first turkeys this year, and and it was excited to to try the turkeys today for lunch. So can't wait to can't wait to do that with the the birds we got. But yeah, it's just you know we we have to embrace the new people, and you're going to have experiences. You're going to have those moments of, of unsafety, you know, gun handling. And those are the things that we, as the people that have grown up doing it, it's our job to point it out and help them along, help them along in the process. Yeah, you brought up a good point. I think. <clears throat> I think if I could say anything to the people listening to this podcast, I would say there are organizations that are doing great work, but we we have to take responsibility for it individually, and um, that means that you should you should make you should make part of your hunt year because we all have, especially on the big game side, Remy and I are putting in for all the western states for tags and figuring out where we're going to elk hunt, where we're going to mule deer hunt, and all this stuff. Somewhere in your planning process, you need to make space for mentoring somebody. 
um, whether it's a brand new hunter or it's a young hunter or whatever it is. I think that each good responsible hunter out there should be mentoring at least one person per year because that person, you know, I've taken a couple of young kids out on hunts and each, every single one of them hits me up when the tags come out. Hey, did you draw anything? I drew this. And, and so, you know, like I'm, I'm batting a thousand right now. I probably won't be batting a thousand forever, but, um, now, not only is there another hunter in the field, but there's a hunter in the field who hunts the same way I do or hunts with the same principles that I do. And I learned most of those principles from people like Remy, you know, and, and those are the quality of people that you, those are the kind of people that you want out there in the woods. Those are the kind of principles that you want out there in the woods. So, um, I think we, we really do have to take ownership of that fact. And, and I think that that's one of the things that is maybe in some ways lacking is everybody's fighting over this resource. We're fighting for spots. You know, we're all touchy about our spots. Don't you dare go hunt deer where I hunt deer. But, um, we have to, we have to take a step back at some point and recognize, um, that we can't be that selfish about it. Yes, of course, I'm going to hunt as much as I can. And I'm going to put as much meat in the freezer as I possibly can as an individual. But looking at it as a whole, I also have to recognize, okay, this is an opportunity that we all need to foster and grow. And, um, so, so to being a little bit, a little bit less selfish about your hunting opportunities and, and the time that you spend in the woods is important too. Remy, what's better? Working your way up to a hunt like that. I, I know that you took a youth out for the Nevada youth day. They shot one duck. My daughter shot one duck on her Nevada youth hunt the first time. What's better for a new hunter to be introduced to it like that and work your way up to the, that climatic hunt of the, we shared together or to get that hunt, to get it in your blood and get quote unquote spoiled, quote unquote spoiled, and then have to understand that there are going to be one duck hunts and one goose days. You both talk about that. I know you've had several one duck days and I know that you have had them. a lot of zero yeah. duck yeah. days. So brother. what's better though, Remy? Because <laughs> when you think about that, you don't want to put a kid in a tree stand and let him shoot a 180 in his first whitetail experience because that might be the best he's ever going to get. I don't, you know what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, yeah. is it better to start low and work up to that or say, I'm going for the whole the whole hurrah right here and I'm going to go try to kill, have a hundred day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, me personally, I think kind of like the little bit of struggle bus kind of makes you want it, but it depends on the personality of the person. You Mm -hmm. know, I think one of the reasons my wife loves hunting so much is like, she started out like bird hunting and we were going for mountain grouse and we spent like a week, not even seeing a grouse, but like she wanted to go more and more because she's like, Oh, they're just, it's just in my blood. And then she like went on her own, like bow hunt for them and wow. like had all this opportunity and like missed shots. And then it was just like, then she was just addicted to it. But that's like her personality, you know? So if it's somebody's person, I, I mean, if you know, Hey, maybe my, my son or daughter or whatever is like not really that into it. But like, if there's a lot of action, they would love it. Then, you know, I think it's just, to the person but you can't even plan it either i you mean right? I've, yeah. I've gone on so many like any when you called me and were like oh this is about as a sure thing and i text dave i was like ha heard that before like we yep. aren't gonna see shit and let's talk about that for a second because scott here's where we transition back into that day correct me if i'm wrong wise but did you only have one day booked and then we get out there the first morning and we're walking back from the trucks into the decoy spread after we just saw thousands of them on our scouting report but for some reason, and I'm not going to say a name, we decided to set up off of the X. I'm not going to say your name, Riley. Um, but <laughs> was it planned that way, or did you have to call and change your ticket for the following day? Well, yeah. I mean, 
That was it. We had, we that had, was we had it. two bird day the first day. I want to make sure everybody knows that it did no, work three. out. And, or there three, was three of them. Three bird day, and they were all <laughs> they were all half to a three quarter mile, pretty much right where they were when we scouted. So now, David, you take it. Did you call the airport and switch it and stay one more day? Yeah, it was such a typical hunting story. It was like, <laughs> you know, you can never you even even on a, like you said a gem of an opportunity, a a, a a five five or six times in a lifetime type of opportunity. You, even then you can't always just stumble right into it. And yeah, we, we got out there and struck out the first day we were off the X and I realized the opportunity is so good that it's worth missing a day of training for me to do. Cause I was planning on going right back, getting back right back in the half pipe. And I realized I kind of turned to Remy early on in the hunt the first day when we, when we all pretty much recognized we weren't going to kill a bunch of birds. Um, I was like, I think I got to switch my flight, man. I think, I think we got to stay one more day because I, I can't stare at this, these swirling vortexes of white geese and not shoot them. Like I, I, we got to give, even if, and if, and if we had gone out there and dragged out all the trailers and done it another day and then struck out, then I would have felt okay walking away with it. Cause I was like, well, I gave as much time as I had available to this attempt. Luckily that's not how it went. We, we were super, very successful the second time, second day. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hunting's just like that. You know, you, you, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've, patterned a really good buck or a nice bull or a whatever uh in the off season in the scouting season then you go you know opening day and you can't find them and like, we mentioned riley because riley is a stud right that dude is a worker and he has a a lot of responsibility i mean him and merlo are and, and the whole crew there are responsible for a lot of people's happiness right and p- the good clients understand well we might not get them so that first day when Riley finds out that it's these two coming, I would pretty much didn't even need to be there. I was invisible now, right? He's got his heroes there now. Remy Warren's coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> David Wise is coming. Oh, my God. So now he's got extra pressure on him, right? So when we struck out that first day, you can't help but not feel for Riley. You're just like, damn it. But Riley's <clears throat> goes to work. Like, what should we do tomorrow? He starts game planning and analyzing and, you know, strategizing. How can we fix this? How can we adapt? And it turned in... It, it turned from an okay approach with a decoy spread to we're going big. We're going two trailers. We're going, I don't, it was over, it was over a thousand decoys. We had a lot of help. And that's what's so awesome about these opportunities is the boots on the ground. That decoy spread would have taken us three a day to put it out, right? But because of Rocky's passion for CWA and wanting to get these guys on a hunt and get it on the foul life and get the world to know about what opportunities are out there. The geese were just, the first flock came in and they just did it like clockwork. Like clockwork, Scott. Like just snow, just whiffling, maple leafing down. And all of a sudden it's just like, I don't even know how many we killed out of the first flock. But that was like a sign of what was to come. And you sit there and you ask yourself like, this is not going to stop. And just 24 hours ago, we were sitting here eating beef jerky sticks, you know, saying, twiddling our thumbs going, we're not going to get them today. And that's what's so awesome about hunting. It's that whole analogy of baseball. I might go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts today, but tomorrow I might hit three bombs. I don't have to wait a week to do it. And that's what California offered us. Hey, we didn't get him today. Dave switches his flight. And to me, that was like so rewarding that we envisioned that. I really did. Like, I'm not saying it was my idea, but I envisioned a huge decoy spread and Snow's doing what they did. And when they do it, you're just like, good night. And it is. It's like five times it might happen in your whole lifetime. But to see Rocky fired up and to see him, and I know that you've you've had tons of like blow your mind experiences in the hunting field. 
That yeah. was amazing, right, Remy? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Well, that's something I've, I've tried for that many times. I've been on many sure deals that is like definitely didn't even see a bird. So mm-hmm. you're like, man, I don't know how many times I've tried for something like that, and it just didn't work out. And then you're like, oh, this is, yeah, this is working. This is awesome. Yeah, there's a... Uh I don't know. There, one other aspect of the sport story that we never mentioned is that neither Remy nor I have ever shot a snow goose before, right? Yeah, no. It was really? my it was my first. I don't so remember this part. We shot. I had shot a speck in Colorado. The one random speck came in with some honkers. So I had I had already shot my first speck ever in my life. But every goose that we shot on that day was kind of like a first for me because I'd never shot a snow goose. I shot at them, but I had never brought one down. So. Um, that was, that was a really cool aspect of the hunt for me too. And I have this clip that I'm going to release on YouTube a little bit later. That's Remy and I walking through the field, um, just having just set up the decoys. And I turned to Remy and I'm like, Remy, do you think this is going to be the moment we look back on when we say, you remember when we had never shot a snow goose before in our lives? (laughs) And it was like, it's such a perfect, like, uh, that's ingrained in my brain forever because then it obviously things got, got good very fast. Do you, do you start thinking right away, Remy, when you're on a hunt like that of the next one? Because with your career, it could become very easy to take for granted, you know, because now you're like, well, I'm going to, to Jackistan or wherever you can, <laughs> Tajikistan next week to kill a, an odd dad, chief, whatever, Mongolian, whatever, right? Do you sit there and cherish your hunt still? As many as you've had at a young age of 35 years old or whatever you are, you've been there, done that. Australia, Asia, Russia, Canada, Alaska, Hawaii. You just got back from killing shit in Hawaii. I didn't even know that you could do that in Hawaii, <laughs> right? Do you do you stop and pump the brakes and cherish it? Or is it like, well, my schedule, I got to on to the next kind of attitude? No, nah, for me, it's like every hunt, <laughs> every hunt that's like, you know, it's all special. I mean, even like Dave said, it's like I could go out to – public marsh out here and shoot one like trick one good mallard where he lands in the decoy and be pumped on it you know what i mean it's like and i'll remember that and it's like those those hunts where you're like yeah sweet those are all those are all hunting memories those are all awesome experiences and now for me it doesn't just become like a it's never just a machine it's always like man if it if it did i wouldn't do it but you also probably that same marsh. You probably remember one of those days you went out there oh, and it did yeah. happen, right? Yep. And it's so like the time that it did and the time that it didn't. Yeah. yeah. So what does it mean for you, Wise, to know that you get to do that again because of CWA and becoming a member? And I think a lot of it has to do with what I touched on 10 minutes ago is humility. Because when somebody has the opportunity to meet somebody with the achievements and athletics, you know, like that's like freaking weedy box shit, right? Like that's weedy box stuff, like two gold medals. This is the stuff that kids dream of two gold medals in the Olympics, several in the X games. And it's the reason that you got invited back and you continue to get invited back is for who you are and the person that you've become, even though you could have went another direction with that type of career you mentioned earlier in our conversation how hunting helped you become the athlete and the person that you are. Has it kept you grounded because of what Mother Nature does to you and it literally will bring the most famous of famous to their knees on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, arrogance is the least valuable character trait hunting, hands down, because you go into it 
if you if you take on Mother Nature with pride in your heart, you're gonna get your ass handed to you. So um, there are certain like uh, yeah, of course I've had an uh, alarmingly like like I was saying earlier, I've had an alarmingly successful competitive career, and there's times when you're surrounded by so many yes people. That pride is an easy thing to fall into because you're just like, I mean, I am the man. I've won the last five, six, seven, eight, nine contests in a row. Of course I'm awesome. But then I like I transitioned from that season, you know, where I just had an, the most successful season of my career. And I take pick up a bow and I go out there and get my ass handed to me with a trying to spot and stock mule deer. And I remember, oh, that's right. I may be very proficient in one realm. But that doesn't mean that I'm just an all-around amazing human. I'm not. I'm not a super. I'm not a superhero. So um, hunting has definitely taught me a lot of humility over the years because um, you just have to. It's a conversation with nature that you're having out there, and, and um, yeah, having like for me, I, I'm with Remy. I, I'll dude. I'll I'll go out there. I, the amount of time that I'll put in for one duck to fly into the decoys is like kind of ridiculous. Like if you really pencil it out, it's like, well, this doesn't really make sense, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the experience is so worth it. I enjoy it so much. And, and, um, so being able to have those opportunities and come back and, and having organizations that are making that possible for people other than just Olympic gold medalists, that's what I'm into supporting. Cause, um, I could take my my success on a pair of skis and turn it into a lot of opportunities. Everybody wants to hunt with an Olymp an Olympic gold medalist. So um, I don't want to get too caught up in that. I want I wanted to hang out with people like Riley and Rocky who who um, they just like to they just want to hunt and I can see it. I, I think you within within five minutes of meeting a hunter, you can see what what brand of hunter they are. And so I just want to hang out and, ski and hunt with guys who are in it for the same reasons that I am and have the same level of passion about it that I do. So um, I don't even know if I answered your question. No, you there, did. And I think of it like, you know, in Remy's status, right? Like Remy went from high school kid, family-owned business, rider, outfitter, to famous. Like he signs autographs on people's hats because he's uh, – can shoot a bow and arrow, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, to me, that's crazy. Like, that's nuts that somebody would walk up to Remy and Michael Waddell and go, hey, I need to get a picture with both of you guys. I yeah. could see you. Like, you're. that's what we were ingrained as kids. Like, oh, my God, it's Bo Jackson. Oh, it's the it's Wayne Gretzky, and he's an Olympian, and, oh, it's David Wise. But then all of a sudden, you got this dude that's just one with nature and can tiptoe around in his bare feet and film it, right? And he gets to this point to where it's not just – Remy Warren from Reno, Nevada anymore, you become famous, which he doesn't act famous, but he becomes a voice of this. So now you have the same deal as like, how weird does it make you feel to have somebody go, can I get my picture with you? Because you're a hunter. Like that blows my mind. Like that's so weird to me that somebody would want to meet somebody that has honed that skill set to become a hunter. And how does it happen? How do you become a famous hunter, Remy? Like, how do you become this guy to where people are like, I want you to wear my shoes. I want you to shoot my bow. And I want you to do these appearances and these speaking engagements. And I want you to have a podcast. Like, that's different. That's next level shit, right, David Wise? Like, that's Absolutely. unbelievable what a career can do. And I owe, and I think you owe it all 
to two things, in my opinion, obviously work ethic and passion, not to mention the way you were raised, but how does it make you feel? Like, does it still weird you out that you're on that level that an Olympic skier is, but in your own realm? Yeah, definitely. I'm like, oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah, I'm just like, I just go do my thing, you know? I'm like, I don't think anything of myself. I'm like, uh, um, which I mean, but, you know, that's, I think that that's like the, what hunters are. We're just like, you know, you meet other hunters and it's like, yeah, we're all the same. We all have that same passion. Like Dave said, like, you know, I could tell Riley when I was like, I've been in his shoes many, many times. And it's like, I'm trying to like show a guy, like the elk were bugling, like going crazy yesterday. yesterday, They show up and it gets 200 degrees out and you can't hear a peep. And it's like, I'm going, staying up all night, going over maps. They're taking a nap and I'm just glassing my eyeballs out in the heat, sitting out in the sun, knowing that I'm not going to see anything, but just grasping at straws being like, it could be so good. I just got to find that one elk, you know? And I think that, um, you know, and then, so it's like to go from, yeah, I mean, where you're like, that's, I just do my thing hunting and then pe- and then get some kind of notoriety or people notice it, um, you know? But I think it's mostly, it's just because like, you know, you, you relate to those, like hunters, we relate to each other and it's like, Oh, you can see somebody else doing the thing that you love and the thing that you like. And so like, I think in that way, it's cool in the way that like, you, you know, for me, it's just like, I'm just a guy that goes out and hunts and loves to do it. So yeah. I don't know. So the hunt continues down the path of flock after flock. And sometimes as a hunter, you know, yeah, that's there, there, it turns off, right? The migration, the reverse migration has stopped. We've got 120 birds or something on the ground. Now it's time to think about everything that goes into that part of it, right? The breakdown. Now the work begins kind yeah. of like, oh, man, a lot of work. Um, but it was memorable, right? It was like one of those days to where first snow goose, flock after flock are doing it. Rocky and Riley are fired up because Rocky wants to put on a show. I've seen Rocky... Um, comment on these guys is you've hunted with Rocky before for turkeys and deer. This was his first time and Rocky's right there supporting him. David Wise, gold medal, can't wait to watch you on the podium, buddy, stuff like that. So that support of the hunter is there, the heart of the hunter, the compassion. And after the hunt, you got to sit back and think of why did that happen? And there's a lot of moving pieces of this puzzle that make a hunt like that happen. And that's what I've learned is that, man, I can't believe how many times I get to do it. I, can't, I, don't, I still haven't figured out why Rocky invites me all the time, right? Like, come and do this, come do that. And you just start to think, like, how lucky you truly are. And then you get to do it with friends and new guys that haven't seen it. And then they're going to get invited back to do it again. And I think that it goes back to that underlying message of how did it start? And it starts with what he said, mentorship. And I think that his ability, Rocky's ability to put that hunt on comes from his passion from Larry, his dad, and how much he wants CWA to succeed. And that to me is like, that's enough for me to go, you know what? Everything that man asked me to do, or if he asked Remy to spread the message, and now David, we get to fly the flag a little bit because Rocky's already shown us that he cares about us. CWA's already shown that they care about us. And that's what I love about it is that you guys aren't going to walk away going, ah, shit, man. You know, that was cool. Been there, done that. Been there, yeah. done that. No, you're going to support CWA now and you're going to tell Absolutely. people because those opportunities aren't happening where we sit right now. Yep. They're not. I'm just telling you. Now, you can go out and kill some ducks, but that kind of a deal there 
in our backyard, 120 miles away, it's pretty special. Yeah. So that brings me to my final point because these guys are busy. He's training for the freaking Olympics, Scott. <laughs> He's probably going to – where are you going now? Is there a hunting season open somewhere? Well, I don't know. I'm probably having a baby here in the next couple hours. So, oh, so right. he's about to become a daddy. New hunters, new members. They're becoming members of CWA. Talk to me about membership, what it means to have their voices part of this, and how can we continue to work together to experience that again? And like David Wise alluded to, Bring somebody new because I don't need to pull the trigger on that. Did I love it? Oh, man. Good night. Do I love Black Cloud going into my gun as fast as you? I mean, you got cuts on your fingers. It's like being in Argentina and hunting them dove in Cordoba. You got wrist on. You got tapes around your wrist. You got oil or goat skin gloves on. You're just burning it up, right? That's how those snow goose hunts can be. Now we got to bring somebody new. We got to introduce it to somebody else. How does that make you feel in your position to know that you have this kind of support? It's just great. You know, I mean, it's, it's awesome to, you know, I've been with the organization for 22 years this August and, and falling in love with the orders. I really didn't know much about CWA when I went there and then understanding where we've been, where I was at 22 years ago with the organization, where we are now and, and, you know, understanding that, you know, a lot of help through Chad and Rocky, like I mentioned, and then now you guys out there as supporters and understanding what we're about as an organization. Um, Cause there's a lot of pieces about what we do. You know, we only t- touched on a handful of things that we do as an organization organization and and just to understand that you guys got to experience california you guys got to listen a little bit about what i got have to say and 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 just the understanding that you guys not only not only you know you guys can touch so many people and 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 help with that because i think you know that's something you guys can do and you're doing it you guys are doing obviously you and your in your skiing career where you you had that that hurdle to say am i a closet hunter or am i not and and you're not and we're thankful for that and obviously remy with you and what you do i mean you're 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 uh um getting people enthusiastic about getting outdoors they love what you do and just to understand that that little old California waterfowl, you know, everybody knows Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl. There are national organizations that we do. California Waterfowl, you know, we, we're the largest state organization. We're only California, right? So, but but it's just great to understand and to have you guys come along, come to California, support what we do, learn something about us. Because, you know, we all love, you know, Chad loves to go to Arkansas to duck hunt. You know, I don't know what state you love to go to your big game hunting other than Nevada or, or wherever, but, you know, it, the, what happens in California, unfortunately, politics, we'll talk about the politics and the bad things about what we have to put up with. They have, they have a knack of spreading east, right, out of California. We're seeing a mass exodus of people leaving the state of California through this last year. And, and unfortunately, a lot of those politics go with them to all these other states that we like. So, you know, having people to just understand and, and, and talk about the program, understand that as hunters, we're not the enemy. We love the environment and we love the outdoors just as much as you do and we love to enjoy the fruits of our labor we love you know if i if i wasn't going to eat something i wouldn't i wouldn't shoot it personally i know or 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 had somebody where i knew it was going to go to use and so you know that's just important to us as an organization and it's great to have you guys you know you guys join and and understand that and get get to go on this great hunt that you guys went on and and we're just thankful for that i'm thankful for it too i forgot to mention that and i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about this did you know that he's a character on a video game that he shot in California? No. I mean, yeah. this is crazy. This guy's a world-class athlete. This guy's got his own video game. <laughs> he's got a video game. <laughs> he's got a video game. Like, he, he is a You can hunter. be Remy if you, you want You can be to. Remy Warren. You can go on this new game coming out, and you can pick Remy Warren to go on. 
Oh, that is bad. Why would I pick anybody else? The only part about it is that you don't get to wear shoes or boots on. You got to go barefoot, right? Yep. You got to get. You got to have tough skin on your feet, dude. He's got his own video game character. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And he filmed a lot of it with Rock, right? Yep. Am I allowed to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. It's all out. Yeah. It's all out, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about like hunting royalty, skiing royalty, Olympic royalty. It's pretty badass. Yeah. That's the Fowley Podcast. We're going to have more David Wise, Remy Warren, Scott Mueller in the near future. I wouldn't be cutting this one off right now. I really don't like it because I really like to engage in really good conversation. But like I said, these guys are busy and I'm not going to take up grind. any more of their time. I don't know how busy I'm going to be, but it's been fun, guys. We've done a lot in the last couple months. Yeah. Yes, we've, we have. We've scouted. We've well, we've communicated, we've scouted, we've networked, we've hunted, we struck out, we hit a home run, we processed, we, we ate street tacos <laughs> yeah, with this goose meat stuff that would blow your part. mind good. <laughs> did chorizo, we did hot Italian, we did sweet Italian, we did honey ba- or a hickory or a, a bacon something, maple bacon. We did so many different varieties of snow goose processed sausages and chorizos, delicious stuff. That's why we hunt. And... Um, we thank thank you thank you for California Waterfowl thank you thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm proud to say that both David Wise and Remy Warren are signing up as members of CWA, and I think that's awesome. Any closing words, all three of you? No, just thanks for the opportunities. We're we're just happy to be part of it. You know, it's a great it's a great lifestyle. It's a great world we all live in, and I just think that uh, we just need to make sure to share it with a lot of people. Perfect, Remy Warren. Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, it was it was a great experience, and then yeah, it's been just fun to be able to hang out with friends, make some food, bring all that stuff home, and then share it with everybody else. That you know, should we do a goose feed the night he wins, the night he gets back with the gold medal? Absolutely, like a celebration. <laughs> oh yeah, just we'll just go down like just throughout the streets of Reno, just yeah. chorizo <laughs> goose tacos. <laughs> you, guys can, you guys can make a goose a yeah. pole. Uh, yeah, and just be, be chucking goose sausage all over the place. It'd be great. David Wise, any closing words? Oh man, I'm just uh, sharing the same feelings of gratefulness. You know, I'm thankful to you for taking me out on my first snow goose hunt. Thankful to Remy for buying me my first bow and taking my uh, love for hunting to the next level or not buying it. You gave it to me. Um, uh, and, uh, just thankful for the opportunity to go hunt in California. Like I just, yeah, I can't say much more than that. I, I echo what Remy said about how this experience, you know, these experiences start a chain reaction. So I look forward to going back and hunting with Riley and, and Rocky. And I look forward to hunting with you the next time it happens. I look forward to getting out in the woods and, um, hunting with Remy the next time we get a chance. And, and, um, it's just cool how we can build a lifestyle around people who like to do the same thing we can't, we do. Agree a hundred percent. Next time I'd appreciate though, if you take Remy down the half pipe on your back instead of me, scared <laughs> I, to piss I out think of Remy me. might be you willing see to go a little fun. I'll take, I'll take Dave down the half pipe on my back. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now it's nice to see that. that. <laughs> I'm to see that one. Everybody listening, you can check out the hunt that we just conversed about the last 60, 65 minutes, season 13 of Benelli's The Foul Life beginning July 2nd, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. You'll see David and Remy. Scott's on there. We got unbelievable stories coming out. It's called... Scott's going to be proud of this. Season 13, the California tapes. Wait till you see the intro. Tom's on his A game. It's pretty badass. And the, the, the stories from the botulism to saving ducks and Bird Alley X and the Duck Hospital and Klamath Basin and what's going on up there at Thule to Mike Collins being given two months to live because of cancer and literally saying in his 70s, I'm not ready to go on film, laying in a ground blind, watching Canada geese backflap into the full body goose decoy spread. This man is crying 
made me cry, made Scott cry, made Rocky cry, and said, I'm not ready to leave. I want to see more geese. I want to see more ducks. I, I mean, I even cried just reading the article. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I like, I the article. Yeah, I'm, I'm crying right article now. Coming yeah. out in Wildfowl in September, but the, the therapy that hunting provides, the stories that we're being able to tell, there's a lot more than just that. There's first hunter programs. There's Larry Gurry and Closed Zone Farms and what he's done to provide California waterfowl with so many ample opportunities and his donations. Um, there's just It's amazing what's going on there that we c- could easily take for granted. So we're going to do our best season 13, July 2nd. Benelli's The Foul Life, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Thank you, Benelli. Thank you, Gerber, for presenting this podcast, another episode of The Foul Life Podcast. Thank you to our guests, Remy Warren, David Weiss, Scott Mueller. Y'all become a member, California Waterfowl Association at, it's calwaterfowl.org. Sign up. It's very, very inexpensive. Don't care if you live in Arkansas or Florida or Maine or North Dakota or on the Yellowstone River in Montana. Put that decal on your trailer. Put it on your truck. Because like Scott Mueller alluded to, what happens in California will spread eastward. Let's vote with scientific data, with scientific research and proof and not just our emotions when we go to that box. Let's be smart about it. Let's support each other. Let's drop the ego. Let's not worry about the pile picks. Let's get into hunting for the right reasons. Let's go eat, guys. Thank you all for joining us.